Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of The Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. From the ragged heart of the Rust Belt, this is Great Lakes Confidential with your hosts, Angie and Marty. pretty good how know, are you good 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 yeah good. just uh, just what nothing just chilling recording a podcast with you my that's, dear that's what we do mm-hmm. so um this is fun because this is our first um our first official like trip that we took solely for the podcast yes yes, yes. like we um we decided that October was going to be kind of like spooky Halloween type haunted, yeah. you know, whatever, urban Theme legends yeah. and stuff like that. And so um, in our searching for something to um, to kind of talk about, I found a really interesting, um, it's a short story. There's not a lot of information on it, but I found an interesting story about a place in Niles, Michigan. So... Um, from where we are in the world, um, Niles, Michigan is about a three hour. Yeah. It's in the Southeast corner of the state. Um, you know, if you're coming in from Chicago along 94. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the areas you pass through almost immediately. And I have only ever been there literally in passing in an Amtrak. Yeah. On the way to Chicago, actually. Right. I believe it's the most southwest southwesternish uh county in Michigan is where Niles is. It's in so, Berrien County. Berrien County. Yes. Okay. On the uh, border of Cass County. Yeah. So right in there uh you know just a hop skip and a jump away from Indiana. Yeah, definitely closer to Indiana than it was to us. About an hour and a half away from <laughs> Chicago. Yeah. An hour, it was, hour and a half. It was a nice drive, but it was a long drive. Um, and we went there and back in the same day. A little summer. little uh, Sunday drive. Sorry, not summertime. No, not summertime. It's actually officially fall now. Mm-hmm. So a nice little fall drive. Um, there wasn't a lot of... There's still not a lot of... Uh, trees changing colors just yet not so yet. not down here yeah by the time you hear the show probably will be though most likely but yeah when we took this trip no nothing 
nothing. Um, so we hopped in the car on Sunday morning and we took off to Niles, Michigan. And um, on the way, we passed through a lot of um, very small towns. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I had never, you know, when you're on an Amtrak, it's a different experience. Um, right. you know, than, than what you, what you have while you're driving. So, um, something that I noticed right away was that there was a lot of apple orchards yeah. and, um, and vineyards, which I didn't, I had no idea. Yeah. We found ourselves in Michigan's fruit belt along, <laughs> that's what it's called along the, uh, the, the West side of the state. Is that really Lake what it's Michigan. called? Yep. The fruit belt. Oh, I didn't, I had no idea. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned vineyards because, uh, People might not know this. Um, you know, it's a source of state pride here in Michigan, but we're actually a, a top 10 wine producing state. Um, actually, probably number one in the Midwest. You know, most people think California wines yeah. when they think of wine made in America. But uh, Michigan, you know, holds its own. Um, if you do know about Michigan wines, you probably, you know, think more Traverse City, Leelanau Peninsula, mm-hmm. northern Michigan wines. Yes. Um, you know, the Mission, the old Mission Peninsula area. That's kind of, uh, you know, the past 20 years or so sort of become the Sonoma of Michigan in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, having Traverse City there, which is a you know pretty cosmopolitan lake city, not even a lake town anymore. I mean, it's basically Ann Arbor of the North and has been for a while. Uh, a lot of uh, good food and wealthy patrons to uh, drive up the... Uh, the wine sales there. You know, Madonna's brother owns a vineyard up in Traverse City. Oh, really? Yep. But we're here today to discuss <laughs> the other major wine-producing region of Michigan. Um, maybe some of you guys know about it. Maybe you don't. Uh, but the southwest or the southeast corner of Michigan is actually um, historically where wine production started in the state. It's the uh, Lake Michigan Shore area. It's known as um, that whole area that we went in. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically everything south of the Kalamazoo River and over with the uh, the lake effect weather coming in off Lake Michigan mixed with the nice sandy soil that was left by the glaciers provides the perfect habitat really to grow fruit of all kind in- including grapes huh so learn something new every yep, day as we drove through and, and looked at all the vineyards uh, it was a beautiful wine country out yeah there. yeah I like I said I, I first noticed um, the apple orchards, because there's a lot of them. Like you literally drive. So we got off the expressway and I have no idea where we were when we got off the expressway. Um, but we were heading into Niles and, Mm. um, there's, it was quite a, quite a ways off the expressway before we actually got into Niles. Mm -hmm. I would say probably a good 15, 20 minutes, maybe even, before we got into Niles, maybe even longer. I was going to say, it might have even been longer. I have zero concept of time and yeah. zero concept of direction. So yeah. we should have probably <laughs> started right. the podcast with that. Um, we got off the freeway, headed south through many, many uh, different fruit farms. And yeah, vineyards but, and but that's what I noticed was no matter where we were, we were literally surrounded on either mm-hmm. side of the road by um, an apple orchard or some other, you know, there was... Constantly, you pick stands yes, everywhere. a lot of yeah. a lot of stands, um, and I mean it's beautiful out mm-hmm. there. It's really nice, but I had no idea, you know, like you were like, oh well, there's this, you know, Saint Julian's, and I'm like, I I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I was ta- <laughs> a Saint Julian's uh, winery. Yeah, no That's idea. That's the one. Uh, as a kid growing up, um, 
you know, we'd commute often between Detroit and Chicago. That's uh, where we moved from when we moved to Michigan. And um, doing that, you travel along 94. And people who travel 94 a lot may remember, may recall seeing billboards all across 94 on the west side of the state advertising a tasting room, the St. Julian's Wine Tasting Room. Hmm. When I was a kid, I thought it was ridiculous. Like, how can you market wine tasting to people while they're driving yeah i mean that's a really <laughs> yeah and in my mind <laughs> you know, in my mind it just totally seemed like what is, is this just like a drive-through entrapment yeah yeah <laughs> like it totally seemed like it was setting you up for for failure yeah. yeah so you know naturally as a kid i never went there did anything but a few years ago i did have some friends get married at, at the tasting room huh. and it's a beautiful little place cool cool so um because of you know driving around and wine country um mm-hmm. in in lower michigan we did purchase a bottle of um what is this it's called saint julian's black and blueberry yeah so it's called black and blueberry but it says it's an apple wine yeah it's hard to tell because of the uh, colors they used on this it is very dark they used blue on black on the label yeah so i mean you'll see it it jumps right out at you it says blue and black uh, black and blueberry and white on a black it's, label it's but all the really information good. is in blue on black and it's hard to read but it says apple wine with natural flavors and a touch of kool-aid <laughs> no it says and we won't say the rest of it artificial colors it said but you know don't judge based on artificial colors we got some black and blueberry yes apple wines so i've never had this before um neither one of us are very we don't really drink much at all um we only on easter yeah (laughs) we used to we used to you know drink on the weekends and whatnot but um i mean how long has it been since i don't know it's been a while i Um, i probably going on three years I probably drink. Mm. No, you had some rum chata when we lost power. Oh yeah, we lost power, and I, I tried to drink a bottle of rum chata to make sure it didn't Ugh, go bad. So gross. I didn't want it to go bad with the power out. Yeah. Well, it was on the counter anyway. I know that was okay. the joke. <laughs> I was bored. We had nothing to do. We had no TV, and I figured uh, middle outages, of a pandemic, no yeah. one's going anywhere anyway. You're just kind of trapped in this black hole. Yep. I'm gonna drink some rum chata. Yeah. So my so I do like wine, but I'm a I'm a very much um, I'm very much a sweet drink, which this like sweet wine drinker. I'm not into I don't like dry stuff. I don't really like red wine. That seems to be usually pretty dry. I like Rieslings, um, Moscato, um, anything that's sweet and. Well, I'm sure you can find that there. The thing I've noticed about a lot of Michigan wines, and maybe it's just because it's what I'm looking for. What I'm looking for a Michigan wine is something that incorporates, you know, Michigan fruits. Yeah. Like apple wines and cherry wines. Yeah. It's mostly what I've had. Um, St. Julian's, the people who produce this wine we are drinking today, also, you know, used to make Gunga Din, which I think is, I don't know if they even make it anymore. Um, they do. I did look at the website to mm-hmm. see where I could purchase this from, and they do have some um, in the area. I don't remember where we can purchase it from. Now, but. Gunga Din, I should say, is a, is a very dry apple cider. Yeah, and I probably wouldn't like it then. No, you wouldn't. I mean, it's not like Mar- what's that? Mike's Hard Cider. I don't like that or either, though. Angry Orchard. Yeah. That stuff's kind of sweet compared to Gunga Din is very dry. Yeah. Which I like. I think it's good. You buy a bottle of it and just sit in the backyard. <laughs> the nice fire going. And oh, just, you Midwesterners. Yeah, you know, drink a bottle of Gunga Din <laughs> and then break it in the fire when you're done. 
<laughs> don't do that unless you do it on private property. Right. Yes. Don't so, do that in the parks. So we haven't tried this yet. So and it does smell really good. Well, cheers. Cheers. Baby. All right. To a good show. Mm. It's I good. Like it. it is sweet, but mm-hmm. there is a dryness to it. Like I can taste that instantly. It, like I don't like the feeling of dry dry wine because it makes my tongue feel like it's got fur on it or something. So you're saying you don't like the feeling of this wine? It's good, but no, no, no. I like it. I think it hits you up front with a lot of sweetness. It is very sweet. Yeah, you can definitely. I can taste the apple. Much like, like you. Aww. Anyways. Yeah, carrying on. What are you sucking up for? I'm not. Um, I can I can taste the apple, like the aftertaste. Mm-hmm. I can I can taste that, but um no, it's good. It is good. I you know, if I was a a, a drinker, I would I would buy it. I mean I would buy it again anyways, you know, take yeah. it to a dinner party or something, but full disclosure, Saint Julian's uh, wines are not paying for this. They spot. are not clearly no, you can no. tell by this we... this too honest review here. <laughs> I think it's good. It is as good. A, as an occasional wine drinker, and especially somebody who is more prone to buy something that sure. says, oh, black and blueberries. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah, think it's no. good. I recommend it. I'm just not much of a drinker, so I don't I don't even know yeah. if this bottle will get finished. I wouldn't even know how to pair <laughs> anything. Like I would just say, yeah. bring this to a party and throw yep. it in the jungle juice. There you go. Make a little purple Jesus with it. <laughs> it's perfect for a jungle juice, actually. Mix this with some 7-Up. Uh, I don't know. Mix you... it with some tonic water. Make a little spritzer. Right. Mix it with some vinegar. Make a wasp trap. Okay. Well, now we're just getting weird. No, and it's good. It's it good. Is, it the is wasps very good. like it too. Yeah. Well, anyways, it's it's delicious wine. I would definitely buy it again, um, like I said, to, to take to a dinner party or something, but... Um, not being a bit big drinker, I you know I'm concerned that this small glass of wine is gonna already give me a hangover. So. I'm telling you, my <laughs> eyes have already started closing yeah. in. I've got tunnel vision already. So you're gonna have to drive this bus home, baby. <laughs> well, speaking of driving, um, so you know we we drove through Niles and we um had a nice uh nice drive through lunch at um at one of the finer fast food establishments in our state mm-hmm. um culver's love culver's a great lakes original from across, is it really well across lake michigan oh. from wisconsin i had no idea which we'll get into in later volumes when we run out of things to talk about in michigan if we run out of things to talk about in michigan well there's plenty to talk about in wisconsin sure. too that's good maybe i did know that actually but i, I think they say it right on the it probably but I love their butter burgers are amazing. It was a nice little picnic lunch that we had. The weather was beautiful. It was a good day. Yeah. If I may di- just diverge for a minute now that you mentioned Culver's and butter burgers and all that, Wisconsin is the home of cheeseburgers. Has to be. It's, you know, they're a big dairy state. You mm-hmm. go out there, there's like a million different Culver's like chains that have yet to be discovered out there in Wisconsin. It's a great place to go if you just want a good burger, a beer. It's basically the state that, like, if tailgating was a state, it would be Wisconsin. All right. People don't know that. People don't think about that. They just think it's this boring little hamlet up, up, you know, near the border of Canada or whatever. But no, it's it's a fantastic party state. Wisconsin, I love you. All right. Anyway, let's. I've never been. Carry on. So, so, <laughs> so after our lunch, 
Um, we went to um, our destination, mm-hmm. um, which is primarily what today's um, podcast is about. Um, and it was the, it's called Beeson Mansion and Crypt. Beeson um, Mansion and Crypt. Yes. Beeson is B-E-E-S-O-N. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I'll tell you the story about Beeson Mansion and Crypt, Please what I do. could find. Um, so basically in 1847, um, in Niles, Michigan, a whiskey distiller named William this is a mouthful. William Hammond McCumber built a house on Bond Street. Um, so in 1847, it reportedly cost about $65,000 to build this home, which in today's money is over $2.1 million. $2.1 million to build the home. Yeah. So, you know, and it's a that's a lot of money, mm-hmm. right? That, that's a lot of money. Um, so, so William sold the house to a man named Struther Beeson in 1850. Um, and at that point, that's when they started calling it the Beeson mansion. And obviously that's what it's still known as, um, across, huh? Across the street from the home, Struther, um, constructed a crypt for his deceased mother, Judith. Um, and her name is still engraved above the door, um, of the mausoleum, um, which, I did see firsthand, and I have a photo of it. Um, it's a very, very beautiful place. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did a lot of searching on on the Beeson Mansion and Crypt, and from what I can gather, um, and this is from piecing bits and pieces together from you know various sources, um, Struthers' son, Will, his name was also William, um, and his third wife, Harriet, had a baby named Job, who was born on May 11th in 1869. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, William and Harriet had been married for about two years. I think they were living at the mansion at the time, but some of the stories say that they were living there. Others kind of give off the idea that they were living in like Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. So not really sure um, if they were living at the house with Struther or not. Um but regardless of where they were living, um, they were at the, the Beeson Mansion at the time um, when baby Job died. Oh, no. Which was April 25th of 1870. So at, at the time of his death, this baby was only about 11 months old. Um, very little. Yeah. So according so. to Genie.com, which is G-E-N-I, um, the baby died from teething um which i'm not real sh- like i don't know the teeth grow backwards into his brain yeah i don't i mean even at 11 months old like there's not a whole lot of teeth in a baby's head so i'm not i don't know how he would have died of teething like that's something that's just not real clear um mm-hmm. so the baby passes away um and his name was Job, and he was entombed in the mausoleum with his grandmother, Judith. Um, so Mother Harriet, believing that Job was afraid of the dark, she would go in there at night and light candles mm-hmm. um, to soothe him. So that in itself is pretty devastating, right? Yeah. Like, that's, like, it's horrible. But this woman would walk over to this crib Yeah, and I mean, any time a baby dies is pretty tragic right. to begin with. But now this woman... You know, she's got it in her head that he needs 
you know, some light. And so she goes over there every night and she lights candles. Um, but then it gets worse than that. Oh, right. No. So. So instead of just leaving him in this crypt, um, she would go in there and sit with him every night in a rocking chair. Um, she would change his diaper. Mm. She would, quote unquote, feed him. Um, she would rock him to sleep. Mm. Yeah. Um, and she did this until the baby until the baby's body was so badly decomposed um, that one night while she was rocking it, um, his eyeballs fell out of his skull. Uh, yeah. Were they even real eyeballs at that point? I mean, you know, it's like there's not like I can't I can't find information on like how long this took. Yeah. Um, because. There's a lot of different factors to consider with body decomposition. Um, also, in the 1800s, like how how well were their embalming practices, and you know what I mean. Like, yeah, there's, there's a, a lot, lot of stuff that I just don't right. have the information on. Um, which do we need that information? Like it's pretty gruesome. Yeah. Just I mean I mean it's a terrible tragic story to begin with. You yeah. Know, mother losing a child and then yeah. not letting go. Yeah. It's yeah. It's just so sad. It yes. So it, so then this is where the story gets a little bit muddied. Like I can't really I don't have mm-hmm. a, a concrete, you know, facts on this. Um some accounts claim that she was taken to an insane and blah, blah. Um the wine is working. Um, some accounts. <laughs> you want another glass? Some accounts say that she was taken to an insane asylum, um, where she ended up dying five years later. Mm-hmm. Um, but others state that she was never put in an asylum at all. So, not real sure. Um, there is a website called findagrave.com mm-hmm. where you can find pretty much anybody's graves. I've used it. That's why it's called that. I found Gigi Allen's grave on there. Ew. That's, I know. Don't even. They actually removed the headstone. Okay. We're not going there because. Right. Ew. That's for New England confidential. Yeah, that's They can. Ew. Um, so findagrave.com says that she died in South Carolina mm-hmm. of consumption. Um, which, if you don't know, TB. What, yes, consumption is tuberculosis. Um, but I always a- thought that was just like going to be like alcoholism or something. Consumption, right? The term, yeah, nope, it's tuberculosis. Um, but after she died, um, when she died in South Carolina, they brought her back to Niles, Michigan, so that she could be laid to rest in the mausoleum with the other family members. So she's in the mausoleum, yes, with her baby and yes. with Strother mother. Yes. Okay. Um. My understanding is that there's 12 um, Beeson family members there in total. Um, So the Beeson mansion and crypt are on a couple of lists, you know, those most Mm -hmm. haunted places in Michigan. Um, So it's on a couple of those lists. Um, It's said that visitors, like some people say that visitors can hear sounds of a woman not just crying, but like wailing, like Mm -hmm. just, you know, uncontrollable sobbing. Um, presumably it's Harriet, um, you know, mm-hmm. m- mourning. Um, other reports claim that visitors have heard a baby crying and then others claim to have seen a woman on a horse, which I haven't, like, there's no horse to this story. Yeah. I mean, a- aside from the fact that it's in the 1800s and right. they probably rode horses. Um, but there's not like, there's no real reason 
why there would be a horse brought into the story. So I'm not sure about that. But, I mean, if people are saying that that's what they've seen, you know, who am I to... Yeah, maybe, you know, why does the horse have to be connected to this side of... Right. of- the spiritual plane. Right. Maybe she found the horse in heaven or yeah, across I mean, the river sticks. Like, honestly, I've been listening to um, another podcast um, and it's about haunted places mm-hmm. throughout the country. And, um, you know, I mean, spirits do what spirits do. And so it's entirely possible that a horse, you know, who knows? Who knows? What, what if the horse died separately and they just became friends in the afterlife? Well, that's the thing. Like, that's exactly it. Like spirits do what spirits do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have no idea. Um, also, it was the 1800s when this house was built. Right. What was the house built on? Well, that was you know? back when Michigan was the horse meat belt. Okay. All right. The wine's working. <laughs> so. Um, right. What kind of horse burial ground was this built on? I mean, what kind of Indian burial was it built on? What kind of. You know, was it built on a cemetery? Like, mm-hmm. who knows? We All have, of America's built on a cemetery. We have no idea what was what was there before and why, uh, you know, a lady would be riding a horse around. Like, we have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what people have seen. So, you know, like I said, I who am I to say that, that it's not true? Right. Um, so, you know, we we did drive by, um, and it's, it's beautiful. Like, it's wow. surrounded by woods. It's, you know, there's a park nearby. Um, not nearby even. There's a park like across the across the drive. It's the like drive. right next to it. Yeah, which is also very strange to me. Like, I the house, the mansion itself is under construction. Like we when we drove yeah. by, we saw that there were construction workers there. They were working on windows and whatnot. So I don't know if they're because the place used to be open right. for tours. It looks like they're renovating it. Right. So I don't know if they're renovating it for a private family, you know, private residence, or if they're going to open it back up to tours. But what's very strange to me is the fact that um, the mausoleum is Mm -hmm. surrounded by a, it's probably like four, four to five feet tall, like stone fence, you could say. Um, Like a wall, it's walled in. It is, it is. Walled in. It is completely walled in, which is really there's a couple of things that struck me as as strange with this. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, it's the fact that people then built their homes like so close. Yeah, I wanted to, to mention that. Like you imagine when this this Beeson mansion and the uh, crypt was originally built, it's probably a lot more wide open. Yeah. I mean, you see that house now and you think two and a half million dollars for that. I don't think it's two and a half million dollars worth of house when right. you see it. It seems almost like you know, a larger, a larger home that you would see, but it doesn't seem like a mansion, what right. we would call a mansion right. these days. So, you know, that, that price must have also included the, the land around there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you've ever seen the movie Home Alone, like it's not even as large as the Home Alone house. Yeah. That's a good <laughs> way only, of describing yeah, the, it. Yeah. It's the only thing I can think of to describe it. You right. know, it's not as big as that house. Well, it would have taken 45 minutes to defend that home exactly. instead of a full hour and a half. Exactly. So it is it is beautiful, but yeah, they've they've built a park very yeah. close by. There's and, homes very close by. And the homes are like encircling the crypt, yes. which is very weird. Yeah. Like they uh they put that wall up. Who knows how if the wall was there before or after they partitioned right. the land and sold these plots to people but you have homes basically right on this first of all this crypt is is 
you know, you can't even call this a cemetery. It's just a crypt. It's literally and a wall around yeah, it. There's just empty space all the way around. And then on every side of of this cliff of this crypt or the walls is a is a home. Yeah, there's a lot with a home, and the home is pretty close yeah. to who would buy that. I don't it probably. I mean, honestly, the land was probably quite cheap when you think about it. Because, again, people say that it's haunted. Yeah. People are saying that they're seeing apparitions and that they're hearing things. Um, so I imagine that the, I imagine that the the land was probably pretty inexpensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably why they did that. But I mean, yeah, why would you? Why would you want to? Why it doesn't make sense to me. Um, I, I thought that the amount of space like around the mausoleum between the mausoleum and the actual walls, Mm -hmm. like that amount of empty space was really bizarre to me. Disconcerting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was like, and there's nothing, there's no, there's no markers anywhere with the exception of where it says across, you know, above the door, um, Judith. I don't remember the middle, but it's Judith something Lewis, I believe is what it says. Um, aside from that, there's nothing that, that no. like to say what it is, like absolutely nothing. It's very, very strange to me the way that this is all set up. Um, but, you know, we went in the middle of a Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't feel creepy to me, except for the fact that, again, all that empty space and then houses like practically on top of it. Um, it was just weird. Full disclosure, I stayed in the car. Yeah, <laughs> he did. I stayed in the car yelling directions because I'm not one to step on private property. And I. And neither should you, listeners. Well, neither should you. And you know, we we took a photo of the house. I took a photo mm-hmm. of the house, and I took a photo, a couple of photos of the mausoleum in that area right there. Um, but if you remember, I didn't cross the threshold. Um, you know, of the Into entryway the actuals, there. I didn't, yeah. um, because that's... You would have disappeared. Well, it's not my place, you In know. A different realm. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, all in all, it's very peaceful. Yeah. It was very peaceful to me. Um, I liked it. Um, I thought it was interesting. Um, if the place ever opens up for tours, um, you know, I would love to go and do a tour of the place because... The mansion, um, not the crypt. The mansion, yeah, yeah. They did probably don't open the crypt for <laughs> for tours, but um, but yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's it's a neat little place, and the story behind it is that's what's creepy about it, you know. Yeah. But I mean, who knows? If I lost a baby like that, who knows what you know? Right. We have no idea how we would react. Um, Be living in the shed, probably. That thing every yeah, night. probably. Um, so yeah. So that's the story of the Beeson Mansion and Crypt. Um, and, and I do want to say, again, this is probably not a place for you to go and poke around. Um, because as of right now, it's not open for tours. It is private property. Mm-hmm. It is somebody owns it. I don't know who owns it, but somebody owns it. They are currently doing renovations on it. Um, Plenty of families in the area, yeah, too, now. Yeah. With the, uh, like we're saying, these homes are right on top of the yeah, crypt. Like, yeah, yeah. So, you know, if if you, you can't feel, even play it cool. No. But if you feel like you absolutely have to drive by there, do it during the daytime. Be mm. respectful. You know, don't don't be out there wandering the grounds. I think and, that's a good good motto for the show in general. If you're gonna explore, 
do it during the daytime and be respectful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know we don't we don't want anybody to get in trouble or right. get hurt or anything like that. We don't that. condone illicit ghost no, hunting. No, no, and that's that's also why I didn't go wandering right. around the area. You're gonna do some not, ghost hunting. You're gonna get a permit. Yeah, it's not. It wasn't my place. You know, I wanted to snap a couple of photos. How many tags you got this year? <laughs> so yeah, I got two ghost tags. I better make them good. Oh my god. Imagine bagging a couple ghosts during hunting season. I don't know. I wouldn't want to bring those spirits home with me. No. Speaking of spirits, another shout out to the St. Julian Winery <laughs> for providing the lubrication for today's show. Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think that's, I think that's, like, I, I love that. I love, um, I love stories like this. I love the history, and I'm but finding stories about women losing their baby. No, but like. <laughs> no but you know the history i mean yeah. listen it was the 1800s like right the the life expectancy wasn't that that old anyways like um i believe harriet um, died at like age 25 or something mm. like she was quite young if yeah. i remember correctly so you know there wasn't a you know not a lot of longevity there um but you know, the history of these places is very interesting to me. I just, um, I'm finding, you know, every time we do an episode, I get to do research on different things that I've not, you know, again, mm-hmm. St. Julian's Winery. I had no idea. So, Fruit belts. Yeah, it's it's all very interesting to me. So, um, so yeah, anyways, I hope that, um, I hope that you guys enjoyed listening to this. I think that we might both be just as touch buzzed up from this wine i didn't drink buzz, much but buzz. that's what happens when you don't ever drink yeah so. that's fine We're, we'll do a show for michigan sober country <laughs> yeah next week. yeah i mean i can i can feel like my face is flushed already and i'm like oh it's time to stop so um <laughs> wow so anyways yeah the if, podcast ending but the party is just beginning oh boy so so you know honestly like if anybody is listening that's ever um that was lucky enough to to go on a tour of Beeson Mansion back when they were doing them I would love to hear about it I love firsthand stories first-hand maybe you accounts. know the Beesons maybe you are a Beeson maybe yeah that would Call be super us. interesting um but yeah so I guess that's probably should wrap this up before we you know two hours later we realize yeah. that we're still recording yeah it's better get going I think yeah yeah. Let's... Make sure to text me when you get home because you've had a drink. Absolutely. Be safe and watch for deer. Thank you for listening to Great Lakes Confidential with your hosts, Angie and Marty. If you enjoyed this episode, tell your friends and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. For more information on today's topic, check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Great Lakes Confidential.